this week on First Issue Club, Crone and Undiscovered Country. Welcome back to the First Issue Club podcast. Uh, as always, I am Mike D, and I am joined with Greg and Caitlin. Hello. Hello. The Budget King is out. He is sick and in bed. He's not feeling great. No, well wishes, Budget King. This is that time of the year. It is, and your poisonous heart was bound to spread to your brain <laughs> at some point or another. But... And your nose and your throat. Mm-hmm. Head to your health cocoon, and <laughs> hopefully in a week you will emerge healthier. Yes, drink a lot of water. There's one thing I've learned going to nursing school. We actually just started drinking um, Pedialyte. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so like whenever we I've go I've heard out, about this as a hangover cure. I was going to say, let's not pretend it's something we're doing for our health as a <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. Measure. This isn't like self-care or anything. It's, it's basically... old people hangovers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's really... It's a weird uh, thing that's happening to my body, yeah. and I hate it. Mm-hmm. Ditto. <laughs> now, it's like, I have to actually think about uh-huh. things that I'm going to eat. Yeah. Remember when everything was fun? I know. Yeah, it seems like so long ago. <laughs> it was so long. No ago. consequences forever. <laughs> yeah, responsibility and drink consequences. and eat and smoke whatever I wanted, and I took those days for granted, guys. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Ditto. So did I. I didn't revel in them enough. I th- I think I revel. <laughs> <laughs> You're a reveler. I think I revel. Well, hey, comics are fun, right? <laughs> comics we're are your, fun. We're your weekly comic book podcast that helps guide you through the muddy and murky waters of the comic book landscape, specifically even the new comic book landscape, bringing to you first issues from the current week wherein we are releasing these episodes. You can go back a week and listen to comics that were new that week. You could go back one month and we're going to have comics that were new one month ago you could go back a whole year we'll have comic books that are one year old but were new at the time <laughs> you could even go back two years and we'll be talking about comics that were two years old as if they came out that day because indeed that was the situation when we were recording those episodes that's right we have an illustrious history of two <laughs> years on this podcast we're nearing our anniversary um we are what on 122 episodes mm-hmm. of this show and uh gosh i love every goddamn minute i get to spend with you guys talking about comic books it always freaks me out when we find out how long we've been doing this right because mm-hmm. i remember the first time we met up in a bar yep and we're just like you know what let's, let's record this let's yeah. give it a shot right we didn't think we'd make it six months i had a really hard time finding a comic book podcast that i really enjoyed mm-hmm. so I think we were kind of like, well, no one's filling that space, so why don't we make the comic book podcast that we want to hear and uh, see if people like it. And you did, and hopefully you still do, and we appreciate you. Yeah, for sure. So thanks for sticking with us, guys. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, is there any comic news you guys want to talk about before we get the episode started? I mean, Watchmen's been good on HBO. Oh, man, I haven't seen it. I need to get Budget King's password. He told me he was going to give me his HBO password. That's never going to happen. You don't think so? No, it'll happen. It'll happen. (laughs) But how do we get it? We have it. We have it already. I forget. You have his password? No, No. her parents put it on our TV. We can give it to you, Uh, but we're not going to. So have you watched it yet? No, No. but I've read a lot about it. I've heard (laughs) really good things. Have you ruined it for yourself? 
No, no, no. Uh-uh. Okay. We we've been ripping through our list of shows that we have half finished or like, and we're gonna the tick is next. Oh so, yeah, I the think, second part. I'm yeah. really yeah, excited I finished the for second that. part of the tick. It was I liked it better than the first part. I loved the first. So if it's even better, then yep. I'm just gonna be over the moon. It was good, but. <laughs> I auto I did the autoplay thing on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. and it played them out of order. What? So Ugh. be careful. Well, I hate that. I know. It sucked. I watched the last episode first. What? <laughs> and then was like, what the fuck is going on? This is and a terrible I, first episode. Yeah, I, know. Be honest. I thought it was gonna be one of those things that just like threw me into action. Was it on April Fool's Day? Oh. Just a regular watching? God, I don't know. Is that a thing? I don't know. Do they put shows out of order? How, like, <laughs> that'd be the worst. <laughs> that'd be the <laughs> worst <laughs> April Fool's joke ever. Sucker. Fuck you, Amazon. <laughs> Fuck fin- you, Bezos. Okay, well, look, I didn't. Episode one. I, I don't know if they do this, so let's not get too angry with Amazon. Well, it's such a funny idea, though. <laughs> that is actually a really Here's funny the idea. end to the show that you probably haven't seen yet, and yeah. good luck getting through the rest of it with any sort of enjoyment. You know what I thought um, was cool today at my comic shop was the clear covers or like the semi-clear glossy covers of all the DC comics. Yeah, were those called ACE and whatever? I can't oh, spell. acetate? Maybe, that's it, yeah. Probably acetate's like the clear Yes, yeah, they are material. pretty cool. They are very, very cool. If you're an old comics fan like us, they were much like the covers for Marvels that had the label mm-hmm. and then the name Marvels on them and then mm-hmm. when you would turn it, it was the unobstructed artwork because it was like beautiful paintings that Alex Ross had done. Right. So they didn't want to just slap a label over those. And they made these really cool covers to do both. But they're using them in some really clever ways where they were like, you'd think it was one thing. And then there's like a funny reveal behind it mm-hmm. or a more serious, cool reveal behind it. There was one with the tombstone that was pretty slick. Yeah. Today. Yep. And I have to say, uh, say a special kudos to DC for doing that. And not raising the price. I know. If those stupid hard stock covers <laughs> are a dollar more, mm-hmm. how are these still cover price? These are like a million times cooler. Yeah. And like more intricate. Right. I so get- I, I think the raising it a buck is a bullshit move. And c- confirmed with these regular uh, yeah. issues right here. Right. Uh, totally agree. Maybe right. it's a numbers game and there's not as many of those. So they're not expecting a real drive in sales. From jumping up the price. That could be. Yeah. I talked to my shop owner a little bit about it and and how like the price isn't any different. And I think what we boiled it down to is they were trying to get people back because they did raise the price on the cover B's a buck. And they knew they kind of fucked up uh, everyone's mojo there. Yep. So they're like, all right, well, we won't. a brief respite. Yeah. Wallets. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, those are almost always the better cover in my opinion. Yeah. So I buy them a lot. And I do appreciate DC's model of making the A's and B's both really accessible. Yeah. So here's what here's what I've noticed, and I, I hate that we're getting on variant talk already. Marvel has no less than five different variants for any any, comic. any book. Yep. DC, for the most part, only has two. Yep. And so that makes it a hell of a lot easier to totally. choose and have to worry about spending too much money. Agree. So I, 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 I do appreciate that, DC. The Marvel stuff is out of control, but at the same time, there's a couple covers there that... I've gotten that are like the weird incentives from Marvel mm-hmm. that are choice. Dude, they're and so awesome. You get a lot more variety and you could argue that they're featuring more artists and people that are getting exposure because of doing the covers. I would agree. Um, yeah, at the same time, it kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth that 
all of these have such a crazy markup and they don't hold their value. They really don't because you'll find them probably a year from now, like marked down heavily. Well, just like like you were saying, every comic gets at least five covers. So you're going to have, like, think of just a random comic that isn't going to be worth anything. Yeah. Like that. Um, Invisible Woman, number two. Yeah, like Invisible Woman, number two. Like, even like that, I'm looking in the corner of my room right now, the Age of Conan Belite mm-hmm. comics. Mm-hmm. Like, issue five right there had several different covers and virgins. Yep. And, there, you know, there's like a, you know, one in 50 or one in 100 that people are selling for like, you know, 60 bucks. Who the fuck cares? Nobody wants that. What? Like, Nobody. Yeah. Well, and if you're a completist, it's it's a nightmare. It's totally. a living nightmare. Yeah. Yes. Just stress-inducing, anxiety-giving. Man, I remember there were people who were trying to be completists for the first issue of the new Star Wars comic when it came out, Jason Aaron's Star Wars comic, and there were no less than 100 covers for that book. That irritates the shit out of me. And I remember Elite Comics, which is a place by like this... It's If you live in Kansas City or if you're familiar with the area, we've got a suburb called Overland Park which is where all of the corporate buildings are. Yeah. It's where the yuppies live. (laughs) And Elite Comics, oh, now the name Elite Comics sounds very yuppie, (laughs) Uh, is where everybody, like all the businessmen go. Older business-minded guys love their Superman and Batman. Yep. Because it's a metaphor for the (laughs) stock market. Exactly right. (laughs) Bob Kane knew what he was doing. (laughs) It's true. Uh, There's no way uh, Bruce Wayne is a a Democrat. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. He has a MAGA hat hidden Uh back in his bat cave somewhere. Uh You turn the the bat mask inside out and it says... Make America great again on the forehead. It's MG. Make Gotham great again. Make Gotham great again. Oh my God. My one core mission by beating up homeless people in alleys. That's how I make Gotham great again. It's like, God, spend some money on uh, feeding homeless people. Why don't you? Oh, zing, Bruce. (laughs) Got him, coach. What were we talking about? uh, Comic books. A hundred variants of Elite comics for star wars so uh the guy at elite comics ordered a bunch because he puts on a convention or at the time anyway put on a convention in kansas city he still does so he ordered a ton and (laughs) because of that you get your own variant with like your shop name yeah right that's your own shops and it's not just like a cookie cutter thing Mm -hmm. with um it's not like photoshopped over Darth Vader's helmet, like Elite Comics. Yeah, it's specialized. It's it's like they hired someone to do some art, and you just randomly get assigned, you know, whatever cover Marvel has available next. And so we got like a Nolan cover, which was like whoa, very, very cool. And he was at the convention signing those covers, but he told me he had people from all over the country calling his shop for weeks trying to get copies of that cover because they were completists one you're not going to be able to get all those for cover price nope but say you bought every single one for cover price that's like five hundred dollars so people were probably spending upwards of fifteen hundred bucks maybe even two thousand after shipping just to track down all these fucking books 
uh, every cover of Star Wars number one. That is so irritating. What a to joke. Me. So irritating. And has that held its value? Probably not. Does not anyone, all those variants. Yeah. Does anyone care that you have like a cover you could only get in like Poughkeepsie when every, <laughs> when every city in the United States had one shop that ordered enough copies to get like their own? It's like every someone yeah. in every major metropolitan area got their own cover of Star Wars. That's how many right. there were. Right. And when you make that many, nothing is exclusive anymore. No. I'm always pro like having a lot of options and choices in my life. Mm -hmm. But I think this the comic book world, this is a perfect example of too much. Yeah. There's too many choices. Yes, we're living in the golden age of comic books, but we need to pare it down. Yeah. Or we're going to get into what happened in the 90s where the bubble's just going to burst. And then every comic's going to be worthless. Yeah. And then all the talent is going to leave the comic book industry because uh, no one can afford to pay them. They're writing TV shows as much as they can already. Uh -huh. Everyone's yeah. trying to get out. Um, so I'm going to go on the record as saying DC Comics doing it right as far as variant goes. Uh, slap on the wrist for the $1 <laughs> markup. But... When all is said and done, a dollar ain't much to have a second option. Yeah. Especially when you think about how much Marvel's incentivizing stores to charge for their other books. And they're kind of strong arming shops into ordering like hundreds of books that potentially might not sell too. Yeah. So kudos to DC for kind of normalizing and regulating the variant market on on their end. See, we do compliment DC. Yeah. You get one once a year, DC, and there it was. <laughs> Good on ya. <laughs> a little pat on the back. That being said, let's get this podcast started. First up, we're going to talk about Undiscovered Country out on Image Comics, written by all-star Scott Snyder. Um, plenty of other super talented people on this roster. We'll mention that famous letterer Crank earned his pay. It was word heavy. The story here is essentially that everyone's been cut off from the United States for the past 30 years. We don't know what's going on in there. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the world around has gone through decades of change. Sounds like wars have been happening. And one of the key things is that there's this pink dust being dropped from the sky and it's killing everybody. Yeah. Horrendously. Which really confused me. Mm -hmm. You don't know who's dropping what on who. Mm -hmm. I thought for a second that it could be that they're trying out different cures. And they're trying to disperse them through the air because everyone gets this sky virus. I agree it was confusing because it didn't seem to me to make much sense why their own government would be poisoning them with this virus from the sky. But that the cures were obviously not helping. I mean, we see a scene where it kind of immediately kills a small child. <laughs> yeah, right. um, yeah, gruesomely. And everyone seems to want to protect themselves from the dusters. So you, I would gather that it's not working. But I wasn't totally sure on that. I know. It is confusing. I'm, my theory on it was that they were trying to kill people in contaminated areas to stop the spreading. So it was like, hey, fuck you guys. 
Istanbul You're done. has been infected, we're done with you. We're you canceled. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're bordering off the city, killing everyone in it, and trying to prevent the spread of this virus. Because um, both the alliance and the Pan Asiatic or whatever, yes. the, the prosperity zone, I think. Yeah, that's what the world like is called. Both of them have the virus. So yes. it's not like a us versus them. We can't let it spread to us type yep. of thing. Right. The crux of the story is essentially, again, like we mentioned, no one's been into the States for 30 years. And so there's all kinds of outside theories on what the hell's going on in there. Are they really prospering? Are they falling apart? I think people just generally believe that the United States had it right. They cut themselves off from the world at the right time. And the rest of the world is clamoring to get the U.S. back or to get into the U.S., to save themselves from the terror of pink clouds and desperation that seemed to overtake the rest of the globe. Um, we get a message from a doctor inside of the States that's sent out to some key people around the globe that says, hey, we understand something's bad is happening and we're going to let a key few people in, get, a sh get your shit together, get a team together, and we'll let you into the States and give you an antidote to the disease that's uh, destroying the, pop of the population of the, of the world. Yeah. Which doesn't make much sense as to why they would do that. Why would you seal yourself off for 30 years? And then let people who potentially have a terrible virus in Come across your, your borders? Country. Well, if You if didn't it... specify who to send as part of the team. Mm -hmm. Right. They chose their own folks. Well, and who knows when this quote-unquote video was made because we the person who made the video was uh dr sam uh well we'll find out from the end not scarred up and kind of fresh-faced and young yeah you're saying in the video yeah he's a fresh-faced young well not necessarily fresh-faced but he's a middle-aged man yes he's a good-looking middle-aged man yes and then at the end of the comic book I'll, we'll go ahead and spoil it he's Leading a resistance kind of thing, or a small silent minority, as and he called it. he's fucking Uncle Sam. Yeah, and he's like a scar across his face. He's like a cartoon character of Uncle Sam with the scar across his face. Which, for me, was like, man, did you hokey up this story. Yeah, kind of deflated the whole... I hope it was just for that panel. Because it seemed like his hair was sort of unkempt to look like it had been. Mm -hmm. He didn't have the hat on. I mean, I hope it was just for that panel, and the rest of the time he's just going to be the grizzled old <laughs> just guy. Just a normal guy. That was leading. I mean, it through. was pretty. Because he, he says, wasn't like that until he turns and he's like got the finger in the pose and everything. Yeah, and he says, "I want you to, you know, join the resistance or whatever." Yeah. He says, "Help save America." I think, Help save something. America, right? So what you're suggesting, Greg, then is that this video was made maybe a couple years into the ceiling where this virus hits the rest of the world. Yes, and then. The and the rest of the world is just getting it. Yeah, because yeah. the transmission and the air wall and all the stuff that they have yep. has blocked it from getting out. Well, yeah, because they when they are reading back the message, they're saying that it was transmitted on old codes, yeah. transmission codes that are 30 years old. Which they wouldn't have had updated ones unless they were keeping tabs on the rest of the world. True, but and they kind and of just, were if they knew that that sickness was had this amount of time left. It's all very for the confusing. Of, first couple of years yeah. before all of their stuff went south. I'll say for how confusing this may have seemed, or our conversation is making it seem, <laughs> for a typical like Scott Snyder book, 
I'm normally more confused about what's going on. It's an intriguing kind of confusion instead yes. of a frustrating, sh shut off kind of confusion. Yes. Right. I'm kind of picturing, and it, this is just dystopian future. So I understand there are going to be a lot of themes between a lot of different stories and not just this one. I don't think it was like stereotypical at all. But the map that he shows them in the silent minority oh, game yeah. or whatever, uh -huh. it was kind of reminiscent of the Hunger Games. Yeah, I and mean, you can you can clearly tell that like each part of the country is cut off into like zones. If you're me, you want to see what each zone is like at least. So it was oh, enough intrigue built there to be like, y'all yeah, keep reading. There's there's plenty of buildup. All this that we're talking about is at the very very end of the comic book. If you haven't read it, uh, there's a lot of great buildup in just like the anticipation of getting across into the United States. And we do not expect to find this like Mad Max, like fucking disaster <laughs> mess of the United States. No. Like our impression throughout is that, oh, the US has their shit together and has advanced medicine and knows what the deal is. And, we and then you even... get in and it's yeah. like, it's like fuck all crazy. Yeah. I mean, there but were... Li but literally, like the sea animals where people are... <laughs> I mean, like, someone was riding a shark in the desert. Yeah, You're there right. There are squids attached to trucks and Cadillacs and... And the, part of me is thinking that, like... The reveal of this page was bonkers. Am I right? Like, no, what, totally. What was your reaction in having turned the page to this? It was... I almost rolled my eyes. I was just like, oh, okay. Like, so it here's, went too far? Yeah, it's like, so here's what we're doing now. Yeah. I, I will agree, but I think it came back quick like it boomeranged a little bit yeah in the pages to follow unless these are just like statues that they've mobilized like these giant fish and squid and whatever and like you can't see the tires from all the dust and whatever uh i'm gonna be pretty fucking annoyed i think we're led to believe these are actual living things yeah because i mean did you <laughs> i'm this is not a condescending question but did you read the back no i didn't so these guys had a friend at the CIA who they used a lot in terms of like helping them with inspiration, like kind of unknowingly. They just went and toured like DARPA facilities and went and toured a part of the CIA that I guess they let you do that for. Um, <laughs> and Which is standard. So they went and did all these things. And then the guy was like telling them about some all these projects that they had either like dipped their toes into but obviously it wasn't classified i hope but um like there are bacteria resistant fish that they were talking about and how they were going to try to use these in some sort of projects like the air wall technology and so all of this stuff is kind of rooted in and i think actually inspired this kind of crazy story about like what if the u.s did use all of these classified special projects and tried to make themselves essentially a breeding ground for all of these crazy, insane projects that would then lead them to become the world leader again yeah. or whatever. So, sure. I mean, I, I do think these are supposed to be living vehicles, war I machines. Mean, you, <laughs> you hear like all kinds of crazy stuff about like Hitler literally exploring ancient artifacts, like that shit, like, mm -hmm. like obviously, yeah, nutty, fun Indiana Jones movie. But you could certainly see somebody in that vein of thinking be like, man, can we weaponize like fucking sharks? Sharks are badass, right? They can kill a bunch of people. <laughs> what are you, Dr. Evil? Like, can we weaponize those and somehow use them in war? Can we put lasers on their freaking heads? <laughs> <laughs> it's a 
yeah, it's, it's just like impression also so like I I really did dig like the Mad Maxian like cars have yeah. like weapons on them and stuff. But I mean, I'm gonna stick with the book because I kind of want to see like why the fuck is there a giant fish on land yeah. that he's riding? Just these I, this idea that instead of becoming this advanced protected civilization, we went batshit nuts mm, and like just ate each other. Yeah. Yeah. And there's somebody called the Destiny Man running around and killing people on bulls and lizards and fish. Like, I liked that. The name, the Destiny Man. Yeah. That fucking creeped me out. I think that's an amazing villain name. If there's anybody who's going to be riding those things around, it's going to be the Destiny Man. man. The man eating bison. (laughs) When they showed us the map of the different regions and like the different names, I was like, oh, fuck. Fuck yeah, I want to mm-hmm. see every you one of these love a things. Map. You gotta love that forethought that you're like, this is not gonna be oh, some hair. There was forethought like, because in the back there's different goddamn flags and different like no, origin I know. stories. I just mean like the map was a really important, significant part for me too. I, I liked to... it up until then, but it, it was a real It looks like I need to read the back of this because there's a ton of information. You don't need to read that. That, that's like design cover process. Yeah, you don't need to read that. Oh, this is for the cover and this stuff? Oh, okay. All right, so there's... Origins. And right. they talk about that they're going to do this. Not every time. Some of their seemingly more bizarre choices, they want to fully flesh out like how they came to be. That's reassuring, at least. Yeah. Does that make you feel better, Greg, about some of the weird fish people th- stuff? <laughs> I, that, that at least it was like <laughs> as he just shakes his head that there was like a thoughtful decision and not just like a shock you page listen i'm sure there's there was plenty of meetings and emails sent out for this book <laughs> but when you it, it, see I'm, I'm, I'm being serious when you cross that line of just uh-huh. reality into the fantastic of just like there's a goddamn fish on land they did it really abruptly who well, the person I is writing i think the abruptness was what made it so like high adventure Mm -hmm. because you don't see it coming and if they really are trying to bring these larger than life projects that our governments Mm -hmm. historically have tried to get off the ground yeah why not i get that isn't isn't part of to like tell that story to enlarge certain things so that you can see them on the grander scale for what they sure they do sure and i'm sure maybe i can be convinced but it's just like i wasn't expecting it let me ask you this I, I kind of want your opinion on what you think about the placement of the reveal. If this had, if this comic book had been all build up and where they're trying to actually cross that barrier and get into the United States, that part was thrilling to me, and right. it seemed like political thriller. It mm-hmm. reminded me of the vibe that like Argo had, and I was all in. Or yeah. even Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, even, yeah. You just don't know what you're going to find. Yeah, totally. And so there's just so much anticipation. I felt like they could have got three comics out of that. But if I'm not into like this wacky turn and they give it to me three comics in, I might be like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> so it, my, my Like thing the reveal is, of the painting in that fantastic Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the Jetsons. I think the Jetsons. You were the, uh, it was the Jetsons. Oh, the Jetsons. It wasn't yes. Fantastic Four. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> we were like, well, it was so throwaway. We, we yeah. might have been the only ones obsessing over that. But still, oh my it, God. it could turn you from the series if you're mm-hmm. not going to be into that stuff. So what do you think? Like, I would have loved this to stretch itself out more. But at the same time, I like knowing that this is what the comic is now. Yeah. 
instead of investing like into four issues and then finding out that the comic is something I didn't think it was going to be. I'm actually kind of glad they got into it quickly. I felt like honestly the backstories could have been explored more in different issues coming up. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're going to have to because they kind of really eased or glazed over the fact that two of the people on the team were brother and brother sister. Brother and sister, yeah. Yeah, right. That was like a page of explanation at most. And that he was like wanted by several of the the governments. Yeah, for like that was kind of like a his a experiments footnote. or whatever, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm in for this book. It was cool enough and I like dystopian futures. I'm excited to see what happened after they sealed themselves off and how we got to this point, which I'm sure will be explored. Yeah, the next issues could certainly be a lot of back history. The new people. Like there are just so many things where I'm like, <laughs> yes. what is that? It's like it's like this A, it's like this map was written by a seven year old. Like, did they forget language all of a sudden? Well, you forget too that like colloquialisms and like slang doesn't always reflect what a society is doing with language true. overall. True, true, true. It's just, I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued, which is exactly what this book wanted me to be, so it succeeded. I feel like that I feel like I was just given a tangled fishing pole and told to unknot it all. Yep. I'm hooked, like, not to stick with the fishing <laughs> analogy, but Either that or you say, give me a new fishing pole. Yeah. And you just move to the next comic book. Fuck this. I'm playing basketball. All right. Yeah. So whatever personality type you are, enjoy this or don't. Our second book today is Crone out on Dark Horse Comics. Correct. <laughs> Thank you. God, I was waiting. It's <laughs> the least you could do. Uh, so <laughs> this book starts with our lead, but in her past. And she's very much so a Red Sonia type character. Correct. Surrounded by barbarian types out killing classic medieval villain types. Mm -hmm. But since she is retired to a mountain and wants to just be left the fuck alone, mm -hmm. which uh, I can I can feel. I feel that. <laughs> the older I get, I the feel that energy. Like, yeah, just I would like to be left alone. <laughs> I don't want to fight you on anything. Yeah. You put up a little bit of resistance and I say, nah, I guess mm -hmm. you're, th you're getting your way. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> You do what you want to do. Um, the When reading up on this comic before it came out, I don't know, a little bit of hype surrounding this book, but not too, too much. One of the things that intrigued me about it was that we're certainly in an era where people are becoming more cognizant of age discrimination and enabling like seniors to be members of society more instead of like forgetting them and not taking care of them and so on and so forth. So making a hero or a badass of a senior um, is, is not something you see super typically. We, we did read a comic once in future month or so ago called once in future yeah. mm -hmm. that had a really kick-ass senior character who was literally living in a um, like assisted living or something. So that was really refreshing to see that character be fucking kick ass. Yeah. But you're getting the same sort of thing here. What did you guys think in comparison to Undiscovered Country? 
this was light, light fare. Yeah. This book could have been called Trope 101, but you're going <laughs> to love it anyway. Well, I was going to say, I think this first issue is is um, much lighter than what we're going to be promised in coming issues. How so? There's a part where she goes outside of her house and there's a, a grave. Mm-hmm. And you get the sense that she's lost a lot. And in the writer's notes also is when I think you get a better, like they're going to have tons of bloodshed, tons of battle, tons of action. But it's going to be a little bit deeper in a sense that for this character who's not only like your typical going to have to go back for one last job type of thing, but it's a woman, it's an old woman, it's somebody you would never expect to be the conqueror, I guess, or somebody that would have to come back and save the day. They they use some word that I was like, oh, that's different. Let me pull it up. Sorry. I'll say while you're looking it up, yeah. I think her being in her later years was enough to validate this being an original story worth reading. Oh, for sure. That was like a different enough take for me to just be like, yeah, this is fresh in my opinion. Yeah. Like given like a lot of tropes of all kinds of different fantasy stories and mm-hmm. like especially the whole one last dance sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Of like I'm the retired guy and right. I'm out of the game. I made an oath. MacGruber classically starts this <laughs> yes. way. Yes, yes. But he gets pulled back in. I think, okay, so the part that I was like, oh, I didn't even catch that in the first issue and I don't think we were supposed to, but doing what you love or being with who you love. So I think this book is actually going to focus more on her personal identity and maybe romantic identity. If you look at this, the next cover. It's, I a, think, it's a lady. Yeah. It's two ladies about two to embrace. Ladies, <laughs> about what does that imply? I don't know. To Tune in for issue two. But, but when you, I mean, you kind of assume that this is going to be about more heady stuff than just mm-hmm. I have to go back and get the guy that I thought I killed, but he's still alive. Well, didn't there was a passage in the book where the two fighters were like, "Look at her. She's smiling. She only smiles when she's in the heat of battle." Like when all the odds are against her, mm-hmm. and then flash forward to her standing on the edge of a cliff. Like looking over, she's like, well, not today. Like, <laughs> well, because I don't die today. So I think the other part of that was when she gets to like avoid death's promise or whatever. So I also kind of thought that that was like a lifelong taunting thing. Like, you're not going to get me today because hmm. she steps yeah, away. Yeah, she's been waiting to die for a long time. Mm-hmm. But if she can see it coming, it's kind of like that game she plays where like, no, I'm not. This is not going to happen. Yeah. Yep. She fucking owns that bear. Yeah, she kills the bear. Oh, man, God. she destroys that <laughs> and fucking bear. And says to the people that are climbing her mountain to get the fuck off her mountain, <laughs> which is pretty cool. That's a it's badass like thing to say. Eastwood. Get off my mountain. <laughs> yeah. She's so Lady Clint Eastwood. That's Where's, my Where's my daughter? Where's my daughter? Are wait. you doing Taken? Are you doing Liam yes. Neeson from Taken? Yes. I'm just trying to, trying to hit every action movie. Check every outhouse, bear house, clubhouse. <laughs> oh, I love the fugitive. She- <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> um, what is she? She says something about like, she's like, I thought you were protecting us from the bear. And she's like, no, the bears are supposed to be on my mountain. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. Get off of my mountain. Yep. She wouldn't have had to have done any of that if, yeah. if they weren't invading mm-hmm. La Montaña. <laughs> As you say in Spain. <laughs> Uh, honestly, this was just a fun book, and it is going to yeah. tackle some heavier stuff. But it was a great 
come down after reading Undiscovered Country. Agree. Read it before. So. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, oh no. no. It was a very welcome reprieve of having to like toil through something that yeah. was hard to understand what was going on. This was much, much lighter fare. I think what this book is going to do is it's trying to set itself up as a straightforward story, but we're soon going to find out in, in many issues later. That not all is as it seems. One of the things teased most of all, I think, is that her old buddy that came to get her on the mountain. The rogue. To rope her back into fighting and helping the cause. Maybe bullshitting her on whether or not this evil arc nemesis of her is back. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. The So that could be a fun, interesting twist. What was his name? Darkit or Drykit or... Decayed. 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 And uh, she tells him, hey, remember when I cut his head off? So mm-hmm. I don't think it's who you think it is, buddy. Yeah. But he saw somebody, so who knows what it is. And he brought his daughter, so that's fun. Mm-hmm. A little family trip up a mountain. They're, they're already drawing parallels between the daughter and her, too. So it could be an interesting... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Passing of the torch, yeah. mentor. She has no mother, so I don't know if she's had like a figure in her life to look up to. Uh, but she looks pretty happy on the cover, standing on a pile of massacred corpses. <laughs> so I think we can assume that maybe she is only happy when she is murdering and avenging. So I, th- I think ultimately she's going to find happiness in going on this adventure. On this bloodlust of a journey. Right. Man. I mean, the book, too, was beautifully drawn. I felt the coldness of the mountain, like with the coloring. and. Yep. I also really like, despite her scantily clad costume i really liked the way that um she was drawn she is drawn with a lot more power a lot more harsh aggressive lines than i think you would typically see of a badass like warrior woman you would typically see them be more voluptuous and muscular and i think she was drawn really well that's what i kind of meant of just like you think you're getting the straightforward red sonia wearing a metal bikini barbarian story, but I think mm. it's just going to really go into some some really deeper shit about, you know, finding your happiness in the world and yeah. chopping dudes' heads off. Right. <laughs> Feminism. And if that's where you find it. Yeah. Then you go, girl. Yeah. Get it, girl. <laughs> uh, I mean, DK, when we're looking at his, like, mask, He's just Skeletor and a couple other villains combined. Yeah. And the she's obviously Red Sonia. I mean, even her hair's red. Yeah. And then... The other of, dude looks like He-Man. He's like totally He-Man, mm-hmm. yeah. The the guy who actually comes and finds her on the mountain mm-hmm. seems more like the Spaniard sword fighting type. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of like a name off the top of my head. Oh, his, from Princess Bride? His oh, name is yeah, exactly totally. like what you would think it is, though. Like Gastineau? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly like I <laughs> honestly like think that. it's it's Gaspar, Gaspar Rogue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. He's got the earrings and everything. It's yep. so on the nose, you punched your own face. So it's drawing, yeah, it's drawing things and it's an homage to those sort of stories. But one of the things we don't explore is the depth of our badass babes. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll say just classically you haven't. Um, No. That that would be... um, Not even in Red Sonja stories, really. Well, and and that would be uh, a misservice to say that they don't do that at all because... Some of the most recent runs of Red Sonia, right. I feel, have been like pretty kick-ass. Yeah. And oh, have, fuck. Who's writing those right and now? Have, 
um, added a, a whole lot of needed depth to that character. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely so right. They're getting better at it, but also just again to go back to the same sentiment that I started with. You don't often see women over forty in comic books that are anything more than an accessory or a throwaway character. Correct. Or an extended family member. Right. So to see one be the center of the story, um, refreshing. That's an episode of First Issue Club. Hope you enjoyed it. See you next week. Bye. This has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T.